We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Thank you for tuning in to Buffalo Means Business on News Radio 930 WBEN. I'm Randy Bushover. The program highlights local businesses and services in the region. And if there's a local business or service you'd like to hear from, send me an email at randy.bushover at entercom.com. Not so much a business or a service, but an opportunity is what we're talking about for this opening segment. We have Dr. Campbell Price, the curator of the Golden Mummies of Egypt exhibition, which is currently at the Buffalo Museum of Science with us. And Dr. Price, thank you for coming in. How many mummies and how long are they here? Well, hi, Randy. Uh, It's a pleasure to be with you. So the Golden Mummies of Egypt exhibition is the first time Manchester Museum, where I work, uh, is doing an international tour. So you're getting not just a US premiere, but a world premiere. Um, The exhibition contains just over 100 objects, and of those, there are eight mummies uh, in the show. And this is something, uh, necessarily, you can't have Egyptian mummies without the knowledge that they come from Egypt. So (laughs) how were they acquired by your group, and how have they made their way here? Uh, Excellent question. So the mummies uh, were excavated... Uh, for the most part, by an archaeologist, a British archaeologist called uh, William Matthew Flinders Petrie. He was digging in Egypt at the site of Hawara uh, in 1888. And at the time, the Egyptian government, uh, albeit uh, largely controlled uh, by European powers, uh, but at the time, the Egyptian government allowed archaeologists to export up to 50% of the finds uh, they made. And at that time, in the 1880s and 1890s, uh, Manchester was a major industrial centre in the uh, uh, UK, and it was making a lot of money in cotton. And so there was a cotton merchant, a businessman by the name of Jesse Howarth. He ploughed a lot of money into archaeology, and as a result, uh, when Flinders Petrie, the archaeologist, made these discoveries, he was giving Jesse Howarth Uh, the share he was allowed to take out of Egypt. So that's why Manchester Museum, I would say, has, I'm biased of course, I would say Manchester has the best collection of this type of material outside of Cairo. So it's really a a once in a lifetime opportunity, I'd say, for for people in this part of the States to to see this Egyptian uh, exhibition. Well, obviously from your accent, not American. (laughs) I'm not. Which which we do not hold against you, by the way. (laughs) But uh, curious, So obviously Manchester, uh, people associate England. What is your background and how did you become interested in this whole archaeological find? Sure, Randy. Well, um, as a kid, really, I was was five years old and I remember going into a museum in my native city, which is Glasgow in Scotland. So you might be able to pick up my Scottish tones. uh, And I remember being transfixed by a mummy, an Egyptian mummy in a case. And I just looked through the glass and I thought, I wonder what that person's life was like. And I just wanted to know more about ancient Egypt. And I read as many books as I could get hold of. And eventually when I went to high school, I settled on the idea of being an Egyptologist. And I went to university and studied for quite a long time, did a PhD. uh, And then a job came up at Manchester uh, University Museum, where I now work. And so really, 
I'm in a fortunate position to say I have my dream job. Uh, I, I've always wanted to study Egyptology. I've always wanted to share my passion for ancient Egypt. And so this tour is the biggest and the best opportunity uh, to do that with an international audience. Well, this next question right up your alley then. Uh, in terms of what makes these mummies unique, what kind of things do we learn from people who are basically wrapped up? <laughs> yes, uh, that also is a good question. Well, in the past, uh, Flinders Petrie, who was excavating this material, or I should say Egyptian workers were, were excavating, he was overseeing. We tend to tell the history of uh, archaeology as you know, bearded, great white men uh, in Egypt. In fact, of course, it's Egyptian workers who, who are doing all the, the work. Uh, Petrie thought he could say things about the class of the individuals. He thought he could say things about the race of the individuals, uh, which now are thought uh, quite rightly to be rather subjective. So although we have um, CT scanned uh, at the local hospital in Manchester, all of the mummies in the show we have shared some information based on CT scans. You can see that in the, the exhibition in, in Buffalo Science Museum. But that that gives us some idea about mummification and embalming techniques. But it doesn't tell us a lot about the people themselves. You can't tell what really even what age people were, what health complaints they had. That's... So if I'm being completely honest and we're in a, an age in museums where I think we're being a bit more transparent about how much or how little we know, I think we can't say as much as we used to say we could. And there's one case actually, uh, Randy, of a mummy with a painted portrait, so a very striking lifelike portrait, very handsome young man, uh, but the, the CT scan shows that he was quite, quite uh, severely overweight. So that immediately raises the issue of are these portraits lifelike depictions of these people or was there the kind of ancient Egyptian equivalent of a, uh, a filter on the photo, a kind of photoshopping? Uh, it's easy to look at an image with our own understanding of photography and even the clarity of the bathroom mirror and imagine the ancient Egyptians' paintings were the same, but I think they're still highly stylized. This is Buffalo Means Business on News Radio 930 WBEN, talking about the Golden Mummies of Egypt exhibition, which is currently at the Buffalo Museum of Science. Limited engagement. Dr. Campbell Price is our guest. And since it says in the title of this ex exhibition, Golden Mummies of uh, Egypt, uh, I'm guessing they don't just come with the wrapping. They are actually adorned with the things that we've come to know from seeing the King Tut exhibition. Absolutely. And I think most visitors will know, if they think of gold, if they think of ancient Egypt, they know King Tut. King Tut, you know, Tutankhamun ruled around about 1300 BC. So that's about 1500 years before uh, the mummies in this exhibition. Uh, all the material dates to the Greco-Roman period, what Egyptologists called the Greco-Roman period. So that's round about 300 BC to 300 AD. And it's a period people won't know so much about. It's long after the pyramids, long after Tutankhamun. It's when Egypt was ruled, first of all, by a family of Greek kings, the Ptolemies, who ended with a little-known lady called Cleopatra. Uh, and then uh, Egypt was ruled by the Roman Empire. So the gold you mentioned... Um, is applied in, in rather thin sheets, but there is a lot of it. And there seems to have been a fashion among the elite, among the wealthy. And what we're looking at really in the exhibition is an insight into 
elite expectations for the afterlife. These are not farmers. These are not everyday Joes. These are rich people. And when Flinders Petrie was excavating at Hawara, he estimated maybe only 1% or 2% of the mummies he found contained or were covered in gold or painting. So what you see really is the kind of tip of the social iceberg. Uh, not everyone would have access to these kind of um, resources. But if you could afford it, it was very important, not just to show off your status, as you might expect, like having an impressive car, um, but it was important to cover the body in gold, either as a decorative uh, veneer, if you like, on the outside of the, the wrappings, or actually there's evidence of the Egyptians applying gold leaf directly to the flesh. Um, the belief being that the ancient Egyptian gods, who were very popular even into the Greek and Roman times, uh, it was believed the Greek um, uh, and Romans, when they, they came to Egypt and these religious ideas were still um, current, the ancient Egyptians believed the gods had flesh made of gold. And in the afterlife, you want to join the gods and in, sen in a sense become a god. So if you can afford it, you, you decorate the body uh, in gold to liken yourself to a divine being and optimize your chance to be immortal like the Egyptian gods. What I'm struck by is the fact, first of all, that there are eight of these mummies that are going to be on display. And that's remarkable because we really have not had a large number of finds of these types of artifacts, these living people preserved this way yeah. uh, because grave robbers or just you know, decay through history sort of thing. So sure. remarkable from that aspect too. Sure. I think um, Flinders Petrie's excavations discovered one of the most significant sites. He was really working at one of the, the, the most well-preserved sites. And again, it's, it's due to political circumstances at the time. It's illegal now, uh, but at the time, the Egyptian government was allowing some material to be exported to Western museums. Um, so, like I said before, I think this is one of the strongest and most coherent uh, groups of objects from one site. We've not simply cherry-picked from, from different sites. This is... The exhibition is not about ancient Egypt in general. It's about a very particular time and a very particular site. Uh, so I hope it's strong on uh, narrative. Uh, I hope it's it's something that people will be able to engage with as visitors. Want to jump in and uh, give some of the particulars again? This Golden Mummies of Egypt exhibition at the Buffalo Museum of Science on for a, a limited time, partway through spring. The museum hours uh, seven days a week, 10 a.m. till four. Then Wednesdays open until 9 p.m. Last ticket for the Golden Mummies exhibition will be sold about an hour, 15 minutes before the museum closes. So you have ample time to check this out. Tickets $19 for adults, $16 for children. And uh, certainly go to the Buffalo Museum of Science website for more information specific to the exhibit. If you don't mind my asking, uh, what most people only have to worry about like declaring luggage and personal effects <laughs> when they're taking something on an airplane flight. Yes. Uh, how... Can you talk a little bit about the logistics for getting the mummies here to Buffalo? Yeah, uh, the logistics were complicated. Uh, we were very fortunate. Manchester Museum was fortunate to work with a great company called Nomad Exhibitions. Um, I'm delighted to, to say um, they, they've said this is the, their best exhibition they've, they've done over several years. Um, they took responsibility for the logistics of creating and transport. So, yeah, if you're, you're taking... Um, you know, a gift to a relative on, a, on an aeroplane, you try and pack it carefully. If you're taking a 2,000-year-old Egyptian mummy, you have to be uh, very careful indeed. So we have a great team of conservators at Manchester Museum who, first of all, 
assessed and conserved uh, the mummies and the other objects for transport. Uh, we made some, I made some curatorial decisions uh, based on that information. And then uh, the mummies and other objects were conserved, uh, crated uh, and uh, packed. And so they were sent out in a cargo plane, I believe, uh, with a special um, export license agreed between British and American uh, authorities. I had to produce a, quite a, a detailed insurance document because the material is obviously quite expensive. The display itself, uh, are, are we talking open air or are they still in enclosed cases because, again, of the condition? Yeah, for, for um, all material on display, uh, they're in enclosed cases. Um, so especially organic material, there's a, a number of pieces made of wood. Um, linen, obviously the bandages of the mummies are, are made of uh, linen and there are human remains there. So those are temperature and humidity controlled in the cases. Well, very good. Uh, again, anything else uh, in particular about this exhibition or the mummies themselves that you wanted to point out? Um, what I love about the exhibition, and I'm really I'm delighted that Buffalo is our first uh, stop with this, uh, I like that it's both science, obviously we're at the Science Museum as our opening venue, but it's also art because we have these really striking portraits of people. There are golden masks, but the portraits uh, that cover some of the mummies' faces really are something that a lot of people may not have seen. And so when these were first discovered in the 1880s, there's a story, in fact, they were put on temporary display, some of them, uh, in London, and that show was seen by Oscar Wilde. So picture of Dorian Gray may be inspired uh, by, by a painting of one of these handsome young men. This is a chance really to see the paintings next to the golden uh, mummies. I don't think really any of them were truly accurate depictions of what people looked like um, and that's something about identity that we explore but they illustrate ancient Egypt albeit wealthy society in a very multicultural sense people were living Greeks Romans and Egyptians uh, together not always peacefully uh, but it shows expectations for the afterlife at one particular place in time and I think it's the best insight into that material you can get outside Cairo, at least. Well, Dr. Price, thank you very much for the information, and I hope you enjoy your stay. We might be able to hook you up with a couple of pubs that might serve oh, some uh, beverages that would work for you. <laughs> I'd love that. We, we have you. more than a few here in Buffalo. Great. Thanks, that, Randy. Dr. Campbell Price, he is the curator for the Golden Mummies of Egypt exhibition, currently on at the Buffalo Museum of Science. This is Buffalo Means Business on News Radio 930, WBEN. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.